Hello, everyone, and welcome to the third episode of the second season of the Over the Line Sports Layup Line. Uh, joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, Nolan Russell. Nolan, how's it hanging? It's good. Uh, not much to talk about in my own life, just COVID. <laughs> COVID everyone, pretty much. Yeah, COVID's just canceling everything right now, once again. Shutting Love down gyms, everything like that, ruining fantasy leagues, crushing dreams, as COVID yeah. does. Uh, we do have a very exciting episode for you guys, though. Our third episode will bring you guys our... Our, I guess, what, estimated starting lineups? What do we want to see in the All-Star game? But I guess we'll just call it our OTL NBA All-Star rosters for me. Yeah, and our All-Star picks, basically. If we were, uh, if it was up to us, who would make the All-Star game? Yeah, so tough, right now... Tough decisions. Yeah, there's some very tough decisions we were just going over before we started about our, our bubble snubs. And a bunch of them actually made their way onto my team specifically because I forgot about a few key individuals. But after that rejigging, uh, we have we have some completed lists for you, so we'd love to bring them to you. We're actually going to start with the Eastern Conference zone. Do you want to take, take it away with your starting lineup? And then we'll go to mine. Yeah, I'm curious to see how much consensus we have here. I feel like there's got to be at least two that we're both starting, right? Durant and Antetokounmpo, I assume, are yeah. on your starting lineup as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guard slots were a little bit harder. To me, DeRozan, I don't know if he's even technically considered a guard this season, but that, that was I, the I biggest question mark. There. That was the biggest question mark for me because I found out that, well, because he has been taking his majority of playing time at the forward position, the three or the four. I just didn't know what he counted as, so I actually didn't put him in my forward section. But yeah, you put him as a forward or a guard. Uh, I I listed him as a forward. Okay, which is probably you can go both ways. It's... Decision. I mm-hmm. I wanted him as a guard because I found I I was having a more tough time uh, slotting in that starting guard spot, and I wanted him in there. But I can totally see why you would consider him more of a forward this season. But uh, anyways, I had DeRozan and Levine as my starting guards, and Embiid was my my other starting forward. Curious, okay. what, what did you have different? Uh, I actually, to be honest, I had both guards different, actually. Levine and DeRozan are both on my roster, but they're not starting. If we're classifying DeRozan as a guard, then I would have had him starting over the person who is latter in this list. But I actually have Trey Young, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Giannis, and Embiid. The only reason I had Trey Young scoring at a great clip, and then much like that, Harden's kind of assumed a bit of a different role. He's taking more touches, but he's also like third in the league in assists. So figured he deserves a nod for that. But again, DeRozan has been putting up an MVP, MVP caliber season. If we're counting him as a guard, I'm putting him over a Harden. But for me personally, I felt more comfortable with him as a forward, which is why he's premiering in the bench as a forward. But that's just me personally. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure our audience and you specifically will kind of have your way about that, but that's just me personally. Yeah, that's totally fair. I think DeRozan probably should be a forward, to be honest. So if if he was a forward, I'd probably have him starting over Embiid, though, for me. I think yeah. DeRozan has been unbelievable this season. That's how I would slot that in. Yeah, in that scenario, I would move Trey into my starting lineup. So my my starters would probably be Trey, Levine, KD, Antetokounmpo, and DeRozan, if DeRozan was more of a forward, which is, you're right, that is where he's predominantly played this season. So we can move on to the bench, though. So I had Trey, obviously. Fred Van Vliet was my second guard. And then I also had Darius Garland and James Harden as my other two guards in the wild card slots. So those were my four guards, basically. And then for the forward slots, I had Jimmy Butler and Jason Tatum were no-brainers for me. And the third one was a little bit more tricky, but I, I ended up going with Jarrett Allen. I think he's been mm. really huge for the Cavs this season on both ends of the court. He's leading the league in two-point field goal percentage. He, he's near the top of the league in rebounds. He's been one of the best rim protectors in the league, ranking very highly in a lot of defensive metrics. And that's why 
I think he's just had a really good two-way impact, and he's a big reason why the Cavs have been so good this season. I totally agree with that take. I actually have Garland and Allen as the top of my bubble snubs, unfortunately. Garland just didn't make it in in terms of my guards. I completely respect that pick, though. He has been he's been playing very well this season. I just think he's just over 19 and 6 this season, but he's been a big reason why the Cavs are playing well, as you've said. But Without further ado, this is my bench. Since I'm not counting DeRozan as a guard, he leads the bench for me in forwards. My forwards are him, Tatum, Jimmy Butler, Sabonis, and then Bridges. And then that rounds out my forwards. Sabonis, I feel like, is pretty obvious. Double-double machine, been a big reason why the Pacers are remaining afloat. And then Bridges has had probably one of the best like improvement seasons I've seen in a while. Definitely leading uh, the most improved player race, in my opinion. And then my guards on, uh, on my roster actually are Zach Levine, Bradley Beal, Fred Van Vliet, and who's my last one I have here? I actually have Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero is my last one. And then that is my roster. And then in terms of snubs, unfortunately, Lamelo's there. Uh, Julius Randle, Tobias Harris, who's been having a great year. John Collins, Chris Middleton, and then rounds it out with Garland. Our benches are very different, obviously. Mm-hmm. And pretty much everyone in your bench is either on mine or in my honorable mentions. In terms of guys you didn't mention for honorable mentions, I also had Lowry, Holiday. I don't think you said Jalen Brown, did you? No, I didn't say Jalen Brown, actually. Yeah. Cole Anthony also kind of, I think he's been pretty good for the magic, but that's mostly just because someone has to be. (laughs) And uh, Middleton, Siakam, Jeremy Grant, Miles Turner. I also said Bam Adebayo, he's been injured for a while, so that's why he didn't really make it. But when he was healthy, he was playing very well. So he's another honorable mention for me. But we have quite a bit of a different list here, though. So I don't know. Should we have a consensus list and like try to work our own lists together and yeah, so we'll start with the starting lineup, I guess, for the East. If we're calling uh, DeRozan a guard, which I would also be comfortable with, even though in my think, heart of hearts, you know I, think what, I think we should call him is, forward. Yeah. I think we should call him a forward. So yeah. with that I'm in with mind, that. Giannis will slide in as the last forward in the starting lineup. So it'll be from the back forward. So Giannis at center, Durant, DeRozan, and then I'd have... I'm still going to keep Harden there. I feel kind of a bit bad having two nets in the starting lineup, but I mean, there's definitely an argument to have Harden there. So I'd go Giannis, Durant, DeRozan, Harden, and then Trey Young. And then Embiid would slide into my bench. I'd probably have Levine over Harden on mine. That's can, the, that's the I, one I can, difference I can for me. With that. I think Harden's efficiency has kind of plummeted this season. His defense is, has never been worse, in my opinion. And he's also kind of battling back and forth with Russell Westbrook for most turnovers in the league. They've kind of been going yeah. back and forth. He's averaging almost five per game right now, which is... Not great, obviously. I don't, I, I don't want to shit on Harden, though. He's a very good player. He's near the top of the league in assists and everything. But I think the rule changes have, have really messed with him a little bit, especially early on. He's shooting almost like less than 42% from the field right now. He's like 33% from three. So he's taking a lot of shots. He's not hitting them super efficiently. And his defense has been pretty bad. So I don't know. He wouldn't he wouldn't crack my starters. But I can I can totally see why you would disagree. To me, though, I think Levine has been better than him this season. Yeah, so so I guess for for the viewers and for our listeners, for the listeners and our sake personally, we'll go Young, uh, Levine, DeRozan, Durant, Giannis. Sure, yeah. Sounds good to me. I have no gripe with that. And then I guess we'll talk about some, like, not really off-the-collar picks on our bench, but ones that we didn't really coincide with, like ones that lined up between our two teams. Uh, so I had Bridges and Sabonis, which I know you didn't have, and yeah. I kind of told you why I justified Sabonis. Beal is one of my guards, which I understand uh, you had Garland there, I think, instead of Beal. Yeah. And and it, did you have Van Vliet on yours? Yeah, I did. Van Vliet was okay. my last rounding on my guards. He was one of my four on my bench. So I think the consensus for us was Van Vliet, Butler, Tatum, and Harden and Embiid, obviously, now that we've moved them into the bench. Yeah. So that, those are the consensus picks. Mm-hmm. And so then Harden, Van Vliet, 
Harden and Van Vliet would be our two guards. Tatum, Butler, yeah. Stay, and Bede would be there. Yeah. So then that leaves my three spots, which are Sabonis, Bridges, and Beal. So two forwards and a guard. I don't know what you have left besides those guys. Aren't we? I'm trying to think. Aren't we only missing two spots right now? Just the two wild card spots left. No, because you just named five players. Is it not eight on the bench? I guess you're right. I guess there is three wild card spots. Okay, that's my bad. I was missing a spot. So okay, that opens things up a little bit. I'm I'm totally cool with having Sabonis. To me, it was between him and Allen that I was kind of debating between. I think Sabonis is obviously better offensively and I think Allen is obviously better defensively I kind of went with Allen because I think he's had a big impact in why the Cavs have been so good this year whereas Pacers aren't doing so well but I can I can totally see this bonus pick so hmm, this is tough you had Hero and Bridges on yours uh, yeah I would have Lamelo over Hero I think personally if see, I was, I was one of those young guys the, I was going to do that and then I thought of all the homers that would probably be on my ass because I mentioned LaMelo in every podcast. So I was honestly just trying to play like devil's advocate there because I want to put LaMelo there and I think he deserves it. But I don't want, also don't want to attract a LaMelo homer bias that I feel like is coming on my head as the growing episodes loom. So, hmm, okay. So we got, I, I could do, I could definitely do LaMelo over here though. Let me, let me think. think it's let's let's, so we got three slots left. Let's, let's narrow it down to six guys first. So I think based on the lists that we had, Garland, Allen, Sabonis, Hero, Bridges, and Lamelo. Oh, and Beal, Beal too yeah. should be in there. So that, that's seven guys that we're kind of debating between here. I that, think even I then think we're, we're still I, counting out Siakam and Jalen Brown, who I think definitely deserve to be in the conversation too. Fudge. Um, this is really tough. Okay, well I'm gonna make a very strong argument for Bradley Beal. That's kind of obvious. I feel like he's he's been putting up a very, very good campaign with the Wizards. I don't know. He he scores at a very good and very efficient clip. I just don't I don't see the other two. I wouldn't put Garland over him, but I could argue LaMelo over him. Yeah, I don't know. That's actually it's pretty tough. Because I I, I just I hold a lot of strength in Beal because he's kind of he's one of the reasons, like much like you're talking about Jared Allen, he's one of the reasons why Washington is still kind of hanging around. Like I think they're ninth spot right now. They're right below Charlotte. Yeah, I think I think he's one of the reasons why they're kind of kicking about. And I mean, he's I think he's third in the yeah third in the league in shooting guards and uh, in points with 24. And I mean, shoots fairly efficiently, shoots well from three, and he's averaging I think he's top five in shooting guards and assists right now. So I mean, he's kind of doing it all. I'm totally cool with Beal. I think his his defense has also gotten better this season. Mm-hmm. Although it's fallen off a little bit lately, but at least early on in the season. So I, I'm cool with Beal. That leaves two spots left. So I think we, we should like go a with guard, a forward and a big. I like think we should go with one of Sabonis versus Allen. Okay. Um, and obviously we, we differed on this one. So how adamant are you in Sabonis? <laughs> to be honest, I the only reason he jumps out at me is because I feel like he kind of, at least for the last three or four years, I remember when he was in the three-point contest and everyone was talking about why is this guy Sabonis in the three-point contest? It was the and, uh, it was the skill contest. Oh, the skill, the skill contest. That's what it was. Yeah. And, uh, and everyone was talking about, oh, why is he in the skill contest? And I was like... At the, at the time, I was like, I didn't know that much about him, but I've actually followed him fairly closely the last three years. And he kind of does, he shows up consistently night in and night out. And he puts up these kind of very supportive stats for the rest of his team. And he's not, it's not like he's atrocious defensively. It's just, you're never going to be able to hold a flame to him, to Jared Allen. Like his impact right. isn't nearly as, nearly as high as Jared Allen's is with that team. But um, yeah, my main argument is just, he's a, he's a stat filler and he manages to facilitate his teammates. Well, he's actually a very mobile big uh, compared to most. So I, I just, I like his game a lot. He's consistently been playing well and consistently been getting better. So I feel like the recognition is deserved. But again, same with Jared Allen. Jared Allen's having a very great defensive season. One of the reasons why the Cavs are as high in the East as they are. So I can respect either side. 
It's a tough one. I love DeMontis Sabonis. I, I'm a big Sabonis fan. I don't want to, I don't want to argue against it because I, I can totally see it. He's he's a great passer, great playmaker. He's an elite rebounder. He's scoring, you know, 19 points per game on 58% shooting. He's pretty good. So I, I'm totally cool with Sabonis. I like giving credit to someone like Jared Allen, who's having a career year, playing elite defense, scoring 17 points on 70% shooting. That's pretty impressive, obviously. Yeah. But I, I'm cool with with the Sabonis pick. I think when it comes to all-star games, usually they lean more offense heavy than defense heavy. Sabonis kind of fits the mold a little bit better. So I, I'm cool with going with the Sabonis pick here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I respect that as well. But the thing is, I mean, if if this was – yeah, I want them to turn the all-star game into something with an incentive. I want there to be legitimate competition. I want I want there to be this this selection – like the fan voting and everything like that to align with an actual game that has purpose. Like whether it's a neutral game in like the finals, which I think would never happen, but I think there could be like a cash incentive or like a charity donation or something like that, that they could put in where they play a bit more serious. So there's something to worry about. And under that pretense where the all-star game is a bit different, I think Jared Allen is definitely a shoe into at least make the bench. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. I, I want, I want something to change. It feels like the all-star game has gotten a bit stagnant. Like aside think, from aside from the yeah. dunk contest, what have we really seen that's been like different and innovative every year? And it's really just up to the individuals doing better dunks at that point. I think it would be a cool idea to have it the well when they used to do separate by conference, they're not even really doing that anymore. But I think in baseball all-star game, I believe the winner gets home advantage or something in the, the championship series. Yeah, in the World Series, works? yeah. Yeah, which is kind of a cool way of doing it if you if you separate it by east and west the winning conference gets home advantage. I like that kind of idea, but I don't know. I haven't, I haven't minded the, the shakeup of doing the captains and the drafts and everything. It, it adds a little something to it, which is nice, but I, I like, agree. Don't they, get me wrong. They, they I like need that. to bump up the competition a little bit. Don't get me wrong. I think the fan integration is great. And I mean, we've seen it in the NHL in the years past when John Scott was the captain of one of the teams. I mean, it's never, it's never a bad idea to get the fans involved. I just think when, when there's no real incentive for players to play basketball, like actual basketball. And I know it's supposed to be a spectator event. That's what the all-star game is. All the celebrities come out, watch the high flyers and watch Steph shoot it from half. I understand that. But when it's kind of, when it's kind of compromising and kind of minimizing the impact of some of these more like two way, two way guys who aren't as flashy on offense and even Sabonis, he's not the flashiest guy in the world. It's just, it makes it hard for me to see a guy like Jared Allen because I do, I, I completely respect the take and why you, you think he deserves a spot. But I mean, especially like you had said the comparison between the two of them, of course, they're going to take Sabonis, but I don't know. I'd like to see something changed, some innovation. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm cool with the Sabonis pick though. That's fine. And then, all right. So we got one spot left. Yeah. I, I totally see why you, you like the idea of Tyler hero or miles bridges. I think both have been great this season. I don't think they're quite up to that all-star level for me. Like I would go with LaMelo or Garland or Brown or Siakam probably over those two, like those four kind of stand out a little bit more to me. I don't know. What do you, what do you think? I know you're a big LaMelo guy. Is, is that the one you would go with out of those four? Really? Out of those four, I'd say him or Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown, again, has been doing his thing. I mean, I Boston, Boston's been fairly dysfunctional this year. Uh, they've been a bit disappointing in my eyes. But really, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum have been really the only bright spots of that team. And I mean, Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown's a great player. One of the best two-way guards in the league, in my humble opinion. But I could just as much give LaMelo the nod as I could to Brown. Me personally, I'd probably go LaMelo. One of the reasons they're holding on to a playoff spot right now is because I've always been playing. And he's been very clutch in the last week or so. 
So I think if we're going a bit off recency bias, I'd say Lamelo's been playing a bit better than Jalen Brown lately. But again, I, I understand both sides. I actually kind of want to go Lamelo as well. I mean, there's a, there's a there's a very clear argument for a lot of these guys, but I don't know. I, I'd love to see Lamelo make it this year, and I think he's playing as as well as he needs to to make it. So he'd he'd probably crack my list right now. Yeah, I, I'd be fine playing him as our our consensus last roster spot in the uh, in the East. All right, so. Our consensus list. list, we got starting lineup, Trey Young, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo. And then on the bench, James Harden, Fred Van Vliet, Jimmy Butler, Jason Tatum, Joel Embiid, Bradley Beal, DeMontis Sabonis, and LaMelo Ball. Sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, I agree. I, I like that. So what, that leaves us with, who are our biggest snubs then? Garland, Jared Allen, Garland, Miles Brown, Bridges. Allen, Siakam, Bridges, Hero. Drew Holiday, Middleton, uh, Middleton, Tobias Harris, Randall, Julius Randall, John Collins, Miles Turner. Yeah, Turner. Well, there's, well. there's a lot of guys that. Man, that, I forgot about Miles Turner too. Mm, yeah, Turner. Miles has Turner a case, has a case. Yeah, but again, one of those Just defensive based guys. on defense mostly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's tough. I wish there was. You know what I wish they had, which I think would be a cool event. I wish they had like a dunk on me contest. I wish it was like you take, and I understand like the risk of it because you don't want player injury. But if you want a real spectator event, send Rudy Gobert out there against like Zach Levine, like East versus West. It'd be like a shootout. It'd just be a dunk off. I think that'd be that, insane. That'd be pretty cool, but I don't think they would do it. <laughs> they would never do it. <laughs> That's just asking to get put on a bot, like put on a poster. <laughs> I, I'd um, love to see that though. That would be cool. Yeah. Be awesome. Uh, anyway, yeah, let's, let's uh, swiftly move on to the West. So you started, right. you were nice enough to start with your list in the East. So I'll start in the West. No surprise here. My starting guard is Steph Curry. Steph's doing his thing. There's there's no argument. MVP caliber season. Been carrying the Warriors mostly. Well, it shouldn't be say carrying. Shout out to Draymond. Shout out to Wiggins. Shout out to Jordan Poole. All the supporting cast. Uh, second guard, Donovan Mitchell. My three forwards slash big men, I guess, are LeBron, Cat, and Jokic. Yeah, I think Curry, LeBron, Jokic. No brainers. They're starting. The other two spots are, are tougher. I totally see where you're going with the Mitchell and Cat pick. Very reasonable picks. For me, I have Chris Paul, and I got Rudy Gobert, I think. I kind of went back and forth between Gobert, Draymond, and Cat for that spot, but I'm going to go with Gobert. That would be my pick. My starting five would be Curry, Paul, LeBron, Gobert, Yoke. And the thing is, I could respect the Gobert. The only reason that I actually put Cat there is much like our argument we had earlier. I just think there's more like potential for Cat to get that spot over a guy like Gobert. I think Gobert is going to be an all-star, no doubt. Like He's he's having a fantastic season, arguable low-key MVP caliber season, but... I just think for like watchability for what they're going for, I just think Cat's gonna probably get that spot over him. Not needless to say, Gobert doesn't deserve it any less. Just I feel like that's how it's gonna happen. All right, uh, you want to go over to your bench now, then? Yeah, I'll go to my bench. Um, so this one actually, before we recorded, I had forgotten about a certain individual who I had to add a bit late. So there are a few kind of big snubs that I didn't want to have snubbed, but I mean, this is going to happen with any selection process. Um, so to top off my bench, so my two guards that I chose off the rip are Chris Paul and Luka Doncic. My four forwards, Brandon Ingram, Paul George. I know he's not a forward, but Rudy Gobert's there. And then Anthony Edwards. And then rounding it out are two, actually two guards who are Devin Booker and Damian Lillard. And there's really a no order with that. I was kind of like just adding as I went and remembering, but uh, yeah, that's no my job Morant, eh? John Morant's on my bubble. I would probably, the only guy that I would throw him over right now is probably Devin Booker, maybe even Damian Lillard. I just think Ant's having too good a year. I think he had to be there. I was telling you before, before I put a center in the starting lineup, I think there's an argument for Ant to be in the Western Conference starters. But again, that's for another time. But yeah, Jaw would probably go over Booker for me. 
if I had to kind of reorder this, but as of me making this, he was on the top of my bubble list, but we'll see how this shakes out afterwards. Because honestly, like I'd, I'd be just as fine with having Jaw there as I would uh, D-Book. Yeah, we're definitely going to have uh, some debates come time for consensus picks because there's definitely some uh, differences in our list. But for me, I got Mitchell, Morant, Draymond, Paul George, Cat, Booker, Luca, and DeJunte Murray took my last spot, actually. But I'm not, I respect, I respect I'm not 100% sold on that. So there's room for negotiation there for sure. No, I like I like the list. I mean, it's a lot of, again, pretty much all the guys that I had in my bubble, you just said in years besides the ones that we had uh, aligning, but I'll let you start. But I think the ones that aligned either in our starters or on our bench, we both had Chris Paul, but you, you had him in your starters. Luca, Paul George, I'd go bear on my bench, but you had him in your starters. And then you had Lillard. And then I didn't hear the other ones. Did you have Ant Edwards or Book? I did not have Ant. I have Book though. Ant was probably next up for me though. So yeah, so, I know how much you like him. So he, he's probably going to make our consensus list, but let's start off with the starters. So obviously Curry, LeBron, Jokic, right? Like, yeah, they'd be, they'd be the us. untouchables there. And then I had Mitchell and Kat and you had Gobert and Chris Paul. Yeah. Again, just, I'd be just as fine with Mitchell as I would Chris Paul. He's had a huge impact on the Suns this year, leading the league in assists so far. I mean, again, there's no there's no argument against Chris Paul, so I can completely see why you went with that. And then Gobert, the same thing. Again, Loki, MVP caliber season, 15 points. He's averaging, like, what, 15 and a half boards right now, or 16 almost. It's insane. Lead defense, like, super high efficiency. Yeah, it can't but be understated. Again, like, I, I definitely... I'm totally cool with the cat pick. It's it's kind of an offense versus defense sort of thing there. I don't know. I, I, I like the fact that Gobert is is so valuable to the Jazz's overall success, but Cat's been really great this season as well. And he's he's helping Minnesota kind of overcome their past mediocre play. And they've they've actually been a pretty good team this season. So I'm totally cool with either one of these guys. If you give if you give me cat, I'll give you Paul. Because I okay. think because I think that makes a bit more sense for like all-star capability. I just think having Cat at the four makes a lot more sense for, you know, what they're actually trying to get out of what we would call a spectator event. As much as I don't want to move Mitchell out of my starters, he's really the only one that could move. Like, as you said, Curry, LeBron, and Jokic are kind of main stakes in the starting lineup. They have to be. And yeah, I'd probably I think say, a yeah. Cat and Jokic frontcourt duo would be so cool to watch, honestly. <laughs> Well, yeah, because then you have Jokic whipping passes between the blocks, and then you have Cat basically doing Cat just pulling every... up threes and yeah. hitting step back threes. And shit. They're like, doing those like two pick and pops between the two. Just of them. huge unicorns. Like it would be, it would be really cool to see those guys together. But yeah, okay, I like this list. So then for the bench, obviously we both now have Mitchell and Gobert. Yeah. Those are obvious. Did you you had Draymond on your list? I hope. Uh Draymond Draymond was actually I don't think I said him but he was my first spot on my bubble. Him and Jaw were my bubble subs. Damn, okay. There. I definitely want to convince you into taking Draymond. I, I there's no convincing needed. He was just he was one of the guys who got bumped off. It's just I this happens every year when we do these lists. Okay. Who did, who did you have as your forwards? Let me let me hear who you got. So I had Ingram, George, uh Gobert doesn't count as four but that's where he slotted as and then Ant. Yeah, I would have Draymond over any one of those guys, to be honest. Um, yeah, I, to could, be, I would I have him over either. Ingram for sure. He was the one that I came think. to my mind, too. Ingram missed a good chunk of the season early. He's played 31 games, not that many fewer than Draymond, but he did miss a little bit. And obviously the Pelicans haven't been great. And yeah. I don't know. I, I would have Draymond. I think his his impact defensively is it can't be understated. And he's just chipping in in a lot of ways for the Warriors and is a big reason why they're so good this season. So hey, I'm, I'm, I'm re- I'll rock with that one for sure. I agree. The, uh, the Pelicans have been fairly underwhelming this actually, I shouldn't even say fairly underwhelming. They've been very underwhelming, 
But yeah, yeah, I'm totally cool with that swap. Dre's been doing okay. a lot for that team. And we both had Booker, Luca, Paul George also? Yep. Those are consensus. Okay. So the two two spots left. So you had Ant, and I'm just I'm just gonna throw him in for, Ant, for Murray. Lillard, I, John Murray, yeah. Duante Murray, SGA. So basically right now you have Ant and Lillard, and I have Morant and Murray, correct? Yeah. I so think, I'm I'm totally cool with swapping Murray for Ant. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted cool to give that. Murray his shout out, but I, I can totally see the ant pick there. I uh, think both, both are just as arguable. Again, like I see, we've seen the growth of Duante Murray, much like a guy like Bridges, the younger guy who's kind of been building year by year and he's just kind of just culminating now. Um, and it's like, yeah, I, I'm totally cool with giving him that spot. I think ants, ants time will come. And even if his time isn't now, I think he definitely deserves the acknowledgement. Um I think I think he will like in terms of this being a fan vote. I think he definitely gets in. That's the only thing about a guy like Duante Murray. Like the Spurs right now are considered more of a small market, considering they're out of their kind of dynasty stage with uh, Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, all those guys. I just Ant's getting a lot of showtime. He's being posted everywhere. I feel like he's going to get the nod. But I think for our sake, I definitely want to give Duante Murray his flowers. So I'll definitely put him there if you want to. I'm cool with Edwards over over Murray to be honest. So that's fine. And then right. there's one mm-hmm. slot left. So you had Lillard. I had Moran. I also I know both of us were heavily considering SGA, yeah, as well. Um, Man, why and does SGA have could, to get snubbed? We could throw in Ingram here, possibly. I know you really you like JV as the possible pick. Balance J- JV. JV is one of my sleepers. He he's definitely on the bubble. I think he's going to be one of the bigger snubs this year. He's been having an, a fantastic season. I know they're playing terrible. I know the Pelicans are nothing right now, but man, JV's been putting up a career year this year. There's also Fox. Westbrook, yeah. McCollum, D'Angelo Russell, Wiggins, Dylan Brooks, Anthony Davis. Uh, if he, I think he's he should be coming back before the All Star break. If he can sort of bump his numbers up and start playing a little bit better, like he wasn't having a great start to the season, and obviously the fact that he's been injured for a while that leaves him off. But I, I could see him playing himself in if he comes back early enough. DeAndre Ayton, Christian Wood, lots lots of guys that you can make a case for, but. I think for this last spot, it probably comes down to Lillard, SGA, or Morant, right? Yeah, that'd be that'd be mine too. Unfortunately, I don't want to have to bump him down, but I don't think really like in terms of fan voting, I don't think SGA is getting more looks than Morant or Lillard. Unfortunately, I think he deserves it. Yeah, but I don't think he will. So I think we'll just make that into a two horse race really quick. I think it is pretty much a two horse race between Morant and Lillard. So I mean, to me, I think this is clearly Morant. To be honest with you, I think Dame has had a, a pretty disappointing season. His defense hasn't been very good. His his shot hasn't been falling as well as it normally does. I think the rule changes have kind of messed with him a little bit. He's obviously been dealing with some lingering injuries as well. But, I mean, just from the statistics standpoint, Morant hasn't beat in terms of points, has a huge edge in terms of efficiency. The Grizzlies have obviously played a lot better this season. And I, yeah. I think – between the two of them i would go with morant i i I, between the two of them i'd probably go with morant as well as you said like portland's been a tad underwhelming this year i mean not like it's really falling on the shoulders of lillard i mean people have been calling that he needed help for pretty much his entire career as if cj's not enough (laughs) but uh yeah i'd probably give the nod to morant i mean morant's having an unbelievable season he's the only guard in the i think it's a top 10 right now in points in the paint they're all forwards or centers so he's been doing his own he's been holding his own the only thing is though i'd kind of I'd argue that the gripe on Lillard is the same gripe on uh, on Moran on defense at times. His defensive ability is kind of lacking at times. He finds himself kind of flat-footed sometimes. But he's, uh, I mean, much like like Lillard, huge offensive upside just kind of needs to be done a bit more defensively. But yeah, I'm totally cool with giving Morant the nod. He's done definitely enough to earn that spot. All right. So 
our West consensus picks. We got Steph Curry, Chris Paul, LeBron James, Carl Anthony Towns, Nikola Jokic. That's our starting five. Then Donovan Mitchell, Luka Doncic, Draymond Green, Paul George, Rudy Gobert, Devin Booker, John Morant, and Anthony Edwards as our bench. I like that too. I think it's uh, it's a pretty good list and lots of guys that could potentially work their way in there, especially if a big push like right before the all-star break could definitely get it, someone in there. Man, but I, gotta I, I say, like this list. I really like the list, but these snubs this year suck. These subs, this they may be some of the worst we've had. I think yeah, I hope tough. to, I hope to God Booker gets the nod this year after the one, what was, was it last year or two years ago that he had a really bad snub? Well, he, he was initially snubbed last year and then, and then someone he, got hurt. And yeah. And then he was a reserve pick. In. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah, that would have been really bad. But even the year before that, he, he got kind of snubbed. So, yeah, I, yeah. I think he's going to get in this year, especially with Phoenix playing as well as they are. That seems to be when it, when you're debating between really two guys that are playing very well, typically the guy on the better team sort of gets that nod. So I think he's probably going to get in. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who gets snubbed because no matter what, there's going to be a few guys that, that should be all-stars that won't be because there's just not enough spots this year. Yeah, just to highlight a few, at least from the ones that we have right now. Did we include Garland in our Eastern Conference one? I forget. Nope. No Garland, yeah, so, no Allen, no Jalen Brown. Yeah, no Jalen Brown. Uh, no Hero as well. No Middleton. No Julius Randle, Tobias Harris, Collins, like we all mentioned. The Western Conference snubs, I think, are way worse, if I'm being honest. Like, at least the ones that we have, like John Morant, Jonas Valanciunas, uh, Shea Gildas-Alexander, uh, De'Aaron Fox, Andrew Wiggins, CJ McCollum, Dewante Murray. Or do we have Dewante Murray in ours? No. But we did have Morant. We didn't have Dame. Oh, yeah. we had Mar- Yeah. Sorry, Dame. Yeah. I forgot those were swapped. And then Westbrook, if you want to give him some, some kind of acknowledgement, which I think he deserves, but has been playing atrociously. Well, well she was shooting, no, shooting no. atrociously. He had a really terrible start. <laughs> he's been playing a little bit better. I still don't think he's a great fit for the Lakers, but, you know, Westbrook has always been a guy that, that does a lot of things well and does a lot of things poorly. And it's kind of, a mixed bag with him, but I think the overall performance that you get from Westbrook is positive. I think the impact. Yeah, overall. I was hopelessly optimistic that the situation in LA was going to work because as a conceited Russell Westbrook fan at heart, I was very happy that he was going to be able to play with stars again. And unfortunately that hasn't, hasn't panned out very well so far. I think the AD situation has something to do with it as well. I mean, having him kind of there one week, not there the other, it makes it kind of hard. Uh, hence why the, the Anthony day-to-day Davis nickname, but I don't know. I don't want to get on the Russell Westbrook train because I could talk about it for hours. But I mean, we finished this pretty quickly. I don't know if we want to move on to a different topic or not. But I mean, we can. What would you want to talk about? Just recent NBA stuff. Clay made his return. That was pretty exciting to watch. Threw down a pretty yeah. attic poster dunk that got Oracle pretty fired up. That was awesome. Yeah, he had a solid game too. He, he took uh, he took more shots than I was expecting. Right? I think he was like <laughs> eight, seven 18, for eighteen like or something. Eighteen yeah. shots. Yeah, it was insane. Yeah. So it wasn't his most efficient game, but that's all right. I mean, it's the first game back. He played pretty well for the most part. So, and most importantly, the Warriors got the W. I think well, Golden State's going to be very dangerous, especially if Clay can. Even if Clay is is performing, it, like based on what we saw, I think we're going to get even more from him. I think once the rust kind of wears off, but even if he's he's doesn't improve to his former sort of all star self, I think you know Clay is at the very least going to have a big impact for them and i think golden state was already very dangerous and they're looking like a legitimate championship contender right now yeah i was actually going to say that i think with clay coming back and as you as you kind of just alluded to kind of just scraping the surface of what we could see from clay i mean the fact that he's getting up going up on two guys and finishing 
through contact is amazing to see considering how much time he's missed. And you could see Oracle got so fired up. The whole bench got fired up. I, I mean, this is just going to be a huge lift to the Warriors. I really don't see them kind of losing their grip on the West with him coming back. As long as he's in that lineup, I think it unlocks the, like the same fold that we've seen over their entire career together. But the Splash Bros are finally back. I don't think people really understand how significant that is for the Western Conference. But I'm very excited to see what where that trends, because I do think it's only up. But how far up that is, I guess we'll have to find out. One thing I do want to talk about, though, now that we're getting a bit closer to it, is the Ben Simmons trade rumors. Yay, Ben Simmons trade rumors for the second year in a row. Is he finally going to get dealt? The biggest thing with me right now is the Sixers have been talking adamantly about attaching Tobias Harris to a deal. If I'm a team, I am not willing to take on Ben Simmons for Tobias Harris's contract. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to stomach that. You'd have to give up so much on the back end in terms of potential and clear so much cap to get them both on the roster at the same time. The only fits that I legitimately see and one that I really liked at the beginning was trading Ben Simmons for possibly CJ McCollum. Because something needs to be done in Portland. Something needs to be done with the 76ers. I think Ben Simmons provides a lot of defensive versatility to that team, especially considering Portland as a whole is a lacking defensive team. I do think that there is potential that Ben Simmons does get dealt. I think that one of the reasons a deal hasn't been done is because there's such discrepancy between what the Sixers think he's worth and what the rest of the league thinks he's worth. And the fact that the Sixers have adamantly been asking for a prospect and upwards of two, if not three, first-round picks... I think that's where they're wrong to begin with. I think if I'm the 76ers, I'm knocking down every door who wants to give me two first round picks and anybody. You need to get some kind of capital back. He's not benefiting your team being outside the facility most of the time, popping back in, popping out. And he's, it's just a distraction at this point for a team who's kind of battling middle of the East or yeah, middle of the East right now. And I'm sure Joel Embiid doesn't want to deal with it. The whole career he's been there has just been Ben Simmons talk. So I don't know. I want to know your stance on that, where you could possibly see him going, but I don't know. I just, I want to see a deal get done just so they can basically stop talking about it, to be honest. I don't think he's going to get traded until like the off season, to be honest with you. Yeah. I don't see the benefit in someone trying to acquire him right now. I mean, unless his market value just plummeted, but for some reason, Philly just does not seem to think that it's weird philly wants to get a star for him and i don't see why anyone would want to do that to be honest with you it just it doesn't make sense to me simmons has shown very little interest in trying to improve he's shown himself to be kind of a locker room cancer and i don't really see the incentive for someone to take him on for such a high asking price yeah i i totally agree and that's the biggest thing for me aside from the lack of tradeability and Honestly, just objectivity from the Sixers acknowledging what they can actually get back from Ben Simmons and what they expect to get back is the fact that he's not willing to work. A guy like Ben Simmons should be in the facility 24-7 working on his jumper, looking to integrate himself back into the lineup, looking to better himself as both an individual and an athlete to get back to where he was, what, four years ago, you'd say? Three years ago, whenever he was first in the league, putting up good numbers, actually confident. Well, um, he, he was good. Well, like, yeah. He was good from, last year. He was just, he's lacking that drive it seems like and i don't know if if he's ever going to have that it just it seems like he doesn't have the interest to improve it's hard it's hard as an athlete at that level to lose your edge but it's even harder to get that edge back i don't know with how i don't even want to call him weak-minded because i feel like that's kind of undermining who he is but the lack of determination to better yourself as an athlete to get back in the roster considering how much faith and money was poured into you from this organization and how People want him to be good. It's not like people want to hate on him 24-7. It's just he gives them a reason to. 
So, I mean, it's just, it's hard for me to sit here and feel bad for Ben Simmons when he could have done a lot more to better this situation. Even if he was in the gym 24 seven, working out and avidly marketing himself for a trade, it's just, he's not. So, I mean, it just makes it hard on every single side of this trade. Another one that I find kind of interesting is John Collins has been in the rumors a lot with the Sixers and linking him to a Ben Simmons package. If they were to trade with the Hawks, what, what do you think that package could possibly look like or should look like? Actually, we'll do it uh, like that. If you're if you're the GM of the Hawks, what are you giving for a Ben Simmons Tobias Harris package? If we're yeah, gonna I haven't, do it I haven't looked into the specific salary kind of ramifications of that hypothetical trade, but let me pull up my uh, mock trade simulator thing right here to see what what the salaries are looking like with these two teams. Okay, so from a salary standpoint. Collins is only 10 million less per year than Simmons. So, hmm. Okay. When you add Tobias Harrison, that makes it a bit more complicated. Well, are we are we throwing Tobias Harrison? Actually, no, 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 no. We'll do Simmons. And then if we have time, we'll do Tobias Harris after. Yeah, I don't I don't really get this from the Sixers point of view. Do they really want Collins? I don't I don't really think Collins is a great fit for that team either, to be honest. I don't think he is. I think they're honestly just trying to move past Simmons. That's I feel like just looking to turn over a new leaf. If I had to, if I had to, like chalk it up to anything. All right, so let's let's start off with this Simmons for Collins kind of thing here. To be honest, so I don't it, really see it happening, but it's really one of the only potential ones that could happen. Yeah, there's so one then, that I saw about the Lakers trading for him too. Like the Lakers would never bring in Ben Simmons. Never. I think from a from a strictly value standpoint, this isn't terrible because Simmons has his value is obviously kind of plummeted. So I don't really see the the need to include too many draft picks in this if this is kind of the the start of the trade right yeah neither do i i so think would, john collins in a first and a high second i think would get that done if not a second first just from a salary standpoint it makes sense to include delon right in here and that also mm-hmm. gives the sixers a backup point guard which they kind of need they don't really have a lot of guards on the team right now they've kind of been using maxi and and seth curry and and even cork Maz has been playing a little bit of point guard so Having a DeLon Wright in there makes a lot of sense. And from a salary standpoint, it, it's almost balanced at this point. So Collins Wright in the first, that sound like fair value? To me, it does. To the 76ers, I don't think it would. It that's, just That's it, the question. Right? <laughs> yeah, because I think it's probably one of the hardest like trade parallels in the NBA right now. What if If I were to go up to 10 avid basketball fans and ask what a good, like mutual decision from all other NBA teams, what a good valuable package for Ben Simmons is, I don't think I'd come across a person that would say more than maybe two first if we're not including a, like a good player. I don't, I don't, I, in my head, I don't justify anything more than like two first and maybe like another point guard to give him back. Yeah. I mean, it also kind of depends on the team. If we're talking about a contender, you know, like the Brooklyn Nets, two first round picks, that's, that's not really worth that much. Cause you're, you're looking at like the 28th or 29th pick. Right. Yeah. And so in this scenario, if the Hawks are getting Ben Simmons, you would hope they're going to start getting better. So hopefully a first round pick isn't, isn't worth that much. So I think Collins right in a first round pick makes sense. Seems like fair value. I don't know I if it's a great fit for the Sixers so much, but I mean, it's better than Ben Simmons not playing for them. Yeah. At least you, you have, have something. something. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And I, I like it for the, uh, the Hawks kind of actually, I think Simmons brings a lot defensively that they need. I think, I think he's a, I think that he's a good fit alongside Trey. Well, not only that, I was actually going to say to compliment the inside take, I think the compliment of him and Capella together would be nuts. That'd on be defense, a crazy sure. front court. Yeah. On offense. Yeah. It's tough, but they have so much spacing on that team, especially with Trey Young, that I think they could make it work in a lot of I the same ways that the Warriors have kind of 
you know, they've meshed Draymond and playing him with other big men a lot. And yeah. Draymond's not a great shooter. So it can work, especially with the playmaking acumen that Simmons has. You can have him kind of set the screens for Trey. You know, Trey can dish it off to him, and then he can kind of go to work in a three-on-two sort of situation if they ever double Trey. And then you have Capella in the dunker spot. And that's kind of what the Warriors have been doing, and it's, it's extremely effective. So, you know, a Trey-Simmons kind of combo could almost be like a poor man's Curry-Draymond kind of combo. And I think it could be really effective. Yeah, I think I think it could be. I don't see any like glaring situations where Ben Simmons doesn't succeed in a situation. I think once he does get into a new environment, I think he'll be a bit more compelled to work hard better himself. I think he's just kind of I think he's stuck in his ways a little bit. I think he just got comfortable with the Sixers, kind of lost that drive, lost that edge that I was talking about. I just the only thing that could really bring that back is a fresh change of scenery because really what else what else could you do right now that you haven't already tried to do in Philly for Ben Simmons? Well, you can play him at his correct position instead of trying to use him as a point guard. Well, I think that's that's a good start. Would, I don't think they'll they do that. I think if Ben Simmons returned to the roster and actually played, I think they would give him primary touches, which I don't think is right. Yeah, but I, that's why I think the Hawks is a good fit for him because you know be now you have Trey Young, someone that can actually you know be that primary creator, that primary playmaker, and you have Simmons being a secondary guy, and yeah. and I think he would thrive in that role. I think it would it would be a really good fit for him, sort of as a you know a a point forward kind of thing where he is not the main guy. And it's it's very much like what the, the Warriors do with Draymond, really. I think it would, it would work really well. And you could have Trey come off ball and, you know, come off a pick and Simmons can hit him with a pass and he can shoot. And there's a lot of ways to utilize, like, those two. The attributes that both of those guys bring, I think, would complement each other really well. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I think that's definitely one of the – I think it's one of the more interesting ripples of this trade deadline is – the fact that not only is Ben Simmons 2.0 coming back up in terms of potential trades, I think that this is also going to uncork a new dynamic for teams too. Because if you look at a guy objectively like Ben Simmons, as you said, he brings a lot defensively. Now, as much as there is lacking offensively, I do think that that part of his game can come back. But it's it's one of those things It's like, do you take that, if you were, let's say the GM of a middling team, so we'll take Charlotte. So Charlotte's sitting at eight right now in the East. If you're the GM of Charlotte, would you be willing to possibly target a guy like Ben Simmons for the right package? Do you think that Ben Simmons could possibly, do you think he would basically boost you or hinder you for the latter half, latter half of the season? Boost. But I don't, I don't know if Charlotte's a great fit, to be honest. I don't, I don't really know what you would, you would do with that because they have bridges I, I now as their power forward. Yeah, I was, I was kind of just talking hypothetical. It's, like it's, a yeah. team. I mean, I think Simmons as a small ball center is, is something that I would be very interested in seeing. I think it could work with the Hornets specifically, but I think there's a little bit of a risk involved there. I would I wouldn't throw the Hornets as a as a very great fit for him, but in terms of teams like I don't know maybe the Wizards would be a good fit for him, maybe Portland. I, I think Char- uh, Atlanta, as we already talked about, they have had a disappointing start to the season. I think Simmons could definitely help them out, get them back on track. Yeah, I mean those those are the teams that kind of stand out to me as those those kind of bubble teams that could use a guy like Ben Simmons. But I don't know what what top contenders would be interested in Simmons. Maybe the Warriors, but I, I don't think they really need him at this point. They're they're very satisfied with the roster that they have. I don't think they yeah, want to change I don't, it I don't up. know what kind of retooling you would have to do to integrate Ben Simmons, but it really, what are you what are you giving up to get Ben? Like, what are you willing to part ways with? It's and like, that's the question, right? If you if you're the Warriors, are you taking James Wiseman for Ben Simmons? I would. Like, you Wiseman, Wiseman, sorry, Wise, Wiseman, Wiseman and a first for Simmons. What? Why isn't it Wiseman and Kaminga for Simmons? I would I would do that. Yeah. I, I mean, as you know, I'm not the I'm not the biggest Wiseman fan. So I would I would yeah. be fully on 
bored with that if I'm the Warriors. But I mean, I don't know if Simmons is really a great fit. And then that's kind of the, the debate is, are you are you really getting better by adding Simmons to, to the roster that they have? I think so, but I don't think they need him. I think the Warriors are legitimately contenders already. And sure, why not keep Wiseman and Kaminga to be, you know, hopefully they'll, they'll develop into great players in the future. So I don't know if, I think from a strictly from a trade value standpoint, I think it makes sense. I, I think Wiseman and Kaminga for Simmons is something I would do on paper, but I don't know if it's necessarily the greatest fit for the Warriors. Yeah, it would be it'd be interesting to see the team dynamic with Simmons, Draymond, Curry, and Clay on the court, and Wiggins. I actually think that that's kind of an interesting lineup. I think that the defensive front court of Draymond and Ben Simmons would be very and Wiggins. Unique. And Wiggins, yeah, yeah, that, that trio would be very very interesting. You piqued my interest there. You have really piqued my interest with that. You kind of opened my eyes. I could possibly be on the Ben Simmons to the Warriors train now. I could it would be, be, I, it would I be very cool if they could. If it they, would be cool. I don't think they, it. yeah, I don't think they'd ever make that trade though. I think it would be cool yeah. if they did. I don't think they would. I think um, it, it has boomer bust kind of potential for them for where sure. it could really work out, but I don't think they need to do it. You know, the Warriors are currently the first place team in the league. So, I mean, obviously you always want to get better, but I don't know if, if the risk is necessarily worth it there especially with his contract and then, you know, whatever kind of future complications that might arise from that. I don't know if it's really worth it, but it would be interesting. I guess I'll bring up, I'll bring up another, since I guess we'll kind of transition this into a trade deadline talk too. Well, we'll talk okay. mid-season, we'll talk trade deadline. Another interesting ripple I've seen in the pond, at least the last few weeks has been the Blazers. Now, last season was a very similar situation. People were kind of calling on the Portland GM saying, are you going to trade Dame? Are you going to give him some help? Dame's been adamant on saying he's fine with staying in Portland and he wants to win a championship for the team. Extremely commendable. Love you for that, Dame. But something does need to be done. If you are the Blazers front office, are you adamantly trying to push to keep Dame and CJ together? Or, are you, or would you rather look to maybe ship a guy like Nurkic or Covington or both of them in exchange for something suitable back and keep those two aligned? I would be, I'd be on board with anything at this point. I think if Dame is really adamant about staying, that's great. You know, there's no reason to trade it. Someone that's a superstar. If he, if he genuinely wants to stay, but I would also be open to trading Dame. Like, I don't, I don't think it's, it's crazy to, to just, you know, rebuild at this point. I don't think that's a bad idea necessarily. So, I mean, there's no shortage of things I would be interested in doing. I just explore every possible Avenue. I would consider trading McCollum. I'd consider trading Dame. I'd consider, trading prospects and picks and trying to add some more depth that way. But there's, there's no shortage of things I would at least experiment with like the possibility, like let's call a team and see, you know, what they would be willing to give up for, you know, Dame or for prospects or whatever, and, you know, see what, what could possibly work. And I think Ben Simmons is another guy that, that they could be potentially interested in Portland. Maybe I think the Dame Simmons uh, combination is something we kind of talked about in a past episode, but I think it could work. So there's no shortage of things I would consider doing. It's just a matter of, of what they really want to do at this point. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I do think that something does need to be done in Portland, as you said. If I'm Portland, I think I have to deal with the fact that CJ and Dame together aren't going to work without like a suitable cast. And it's not to say that their bench players aren't doing enough. It's not to say that Nurk isn't filling his role as I think he is. I just think that it's much like Simmons. That something needs to be done. It can't just be the same core six, seven guys attempting to do the same thing and having the same disappointments. And I, I would argue this is Portland's most underwhelming year, maybe the last five or six. But I think if there's any time to do something, I think it's now. I think mm-hmm. 
with a lot of teams possibly center shopping and big man shopping the deadline, I think Nurk could be definitely a big guy on that board. I think he would arguably be one of the best centers available if Miles Turner possibly wasn't there. But I think that Miles Turner could possibly be traded at the deadline. Yeah. I think there's and talking a high... about Portland, I want to talk about Anthony Simons also. Mm-hmm. Who is just he's been fantastic when when Dame's out. The problem is him and Dame both are pretty bad defensively. They're both not very good off the ball. So they don't play them together all that much. And when they do, it's it's not that effective. So when Dame is healthy, Simons just kind of sits on the bench a lot and comes in and he's pretty good when he when he plays. But it seems like those two aren't a great fit either. And it's like they've got they've got some good pieces on this team. They're not really fitting all that well together. So I don't know. Maybe they could trade Simons or you know trade Dame and have Simons be their future point guard. And he's he's looking like he's ready for that role. So there's no shortage of things I'd be interested in for Portland. Like I think they could really take this any direction they want, and it's ultimately up to them what they what they think is best. Now that you mentioned that interesting ripple, let's say hypothetically Dame and Simmons happens. I would argue that Lillard has way more value than Simmons right now. So I think Philly's at least kicking a first with maybe another pick. I think that a starting lineup in Portland of a Fernie Simons, McCollum, Covington, Simmons, and Nurkic, I think that's a very good team. How Simmons gels, we don't really know. We won't really know until if he possibly gets there. Would you take Dame for Simmons at a first? Or do you think you would need more? No, no, I would need more. I find it hard to imagine them taking that trade without without Maxi being involved, or at least Thibault in a couple firsts. Yeah, like I, I think Dame's value has to be a lot higher than Simmons at this point. Yeah, yeah, it, it has to be. I just don't. It's it's so hard when, and I mean, I feel like this is this is where we've talked about. It, I swear for the last 10, 15 minutes, but this is the hardest divide in the situation. It's what the Sixers value Simmons as, and what other teams are willing to give up for Simmons. Those things I don't think will align at any point until the it's Sixers kind of imagine. realize what's going on. I think the ultimate solution is going to be that Simmons is going to be packaged alongside someone else that's pretty good, and they're going to get a star out of it. I think so maybe Simmons and Maxi for a star is a possible scenario down the line, but I I think it's probably going to wait till the offseason until we see anything flourish, and it's it's hard to imagine they're going to get much better of an offer than they did from Indiana about a year ago which I yeah. firmly believe they should have taken when it was I, Malcolm Brogdon in the first round pick for Simmons. And that first round pick ended up being Chris Duarte. I think Brogdon and Duarte on this current Sixers roster, they'd be, they'd be potentially contenders. Like they'd be a pretty dangerous team. And I don't know. I think that made a lot more sense than what they're, they're currently going with. I don't know, but we'll see, you know, maybe, maybe uh, Daryl Morey pulls off a miracle and gets some kind of, amazing trade somehow you really do never know like some of these trades come out of the woodwork like i remember when when Kawhi signing situation happened i remember following that there were so many projected trades and i remember people were talking about that russell westbrook paul george trade for i think it was oh, what was it i think it's lowry og in a first or van vliet og in a first something like that and we didn't couple, take it it was a bunch of first was it was it a couple first it was like og van vliet and like three or four first round picks or something like that Actually, Siakam might have been involved in that. I, I can't even remember, but it was some like insane like trade off. Yeah, I I love I love the ones that come out of the woodwork like that. I guess okay, we'll we'll kind of spitfire this because I'm I'm just looking through like trending NBA topics and trending deadline kind of deals. Do you think Miles Turner gets dealt or no? Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think Indiana is ready to deal him, and I think there's no shortage of possible suitors that would be interested in him. So I I think he gets dealt at some point. 
Okay, so the ones listed here, I'm just going off this Bleacher Report that I found. Uh, the teams that they have listed here are Warriors, Hornets, and Trailblazers. Makes um, a lot of sense, yeah. I think the Warriors would be a fantastic fit. I think that they could definitely use that kind of rim presence that Turner would bring. But again, it begs the question, what, what are you giving them back? Again, it would probably have to be Wiseman in a first or Wiseman in two firsts, maybe. I don't or know. Wiseman and Kaminga, maybe. I think they would probably take Wiseman and Kaminga. I think if you I think offer so. that to them, I think they'd take that. I think so. And I think if I'm the Warriors, I'm offering that. No question. <laughs> That's I'll take Miles Turner. Yeah. You're starting five. It's a pretty big step up from Kavon Looney. That starting lineup's ridiculous. Curry, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, and Miles Turner. That's insane. We'll move on. So they say that Kevin Love could possibly be shopped this year. I don't really know where he would end up and what kind of value he would have. Teams that could use him off the top of my head. I mean, the Cavs are kind of in a downward spiral, unfortunately. I mean, Sexton has torn meniscus and now Ricky Rubio is out for the year. I mean, they're kind of, I don't know. I They're kind of trending down, unfortunately. I hope they stay where they're at on the back of Garland and Allen. Can't sleep on Mobley. I forgot about Mobley. I don't know what kind of value Kevin Love would get back in return, but I know there are a lot of teams that could use kind of his versatility. I know he's getting old, but I think I think having that stretch option on the floor, I think is huge. He's playing his best basketball since LeBron left. He's still, you know, he's not a great defender at this point, obviously. No. But and that's kind of the question of what kind of trade-off are you working for? You know, I don't know who's interested in, in Kevin Love. And I don't know if the Cavs really want to deal him. He's been playing pretty well for them. And they're in a playoff push right now. They're the sixth seed in the East right now. They're looking to make the playoffs for the first time in, what, four years since LeBron left? I don't know. They might want to keep Love. And obviously, Love has a pretty terrible contract. So I think trading him, you're not going to get anything back. So, you know, why not keep him? Yeah. I, I don't I don't really see the upside in trading him, to be honest. I, I assume that he'd be just as fine staying where he's at. It's an interesting possibility seeing him possibly trade it to maybe a contender needs another shooter, um, even needs just a bench spot to be filled. To be honest, considering he's only playing, I think it's 21 minutes a game. I mean, he's he's playing really well. I think the next topic I want to talk about is Jeremy Grant. I know you had alluded to him uh, earlier as a possible snub for the All-Star game. I mean, he's played great the last two seasons. But a lot of people are possibly talking about like he's going to be moving on. And a team that's been talked about a lot has been the Bulls. I think a possible Jeremy Grant move to the Bulls. They're saying the Bulls could construct a package around Kobe White or Patrick Williams. And then they are talking about the Lakers as well. Lakers could dangle THT and Malik Monk and the Grizzlies have a lot of young talent and three first round picks. So those are the teams they're kind of estimating now. I do think Jeremy Grant does move. I think that he is going to find a home somewhere else. What kind of role he ends up finding will be kind of the question. I think the move to the Lakers makes a lot of sense. Jeremy Grant on the Lakers would be very good and would do a lot of things for that team that they're lacking right now. But yeah, again, it makes a lot of sense for the Lakers. I don't know about for the Pistons. No, getting THT and Monk back. I don't know what kind of value that approximates to, but. I would much rather have Kobe White and Patrick Williams if that's kind of the other offer. But like, obviously these are just hypotheticals. Like who knows if Chicago does that, but. I think Chicago would be a great landing spot for Jeremy Grant. Yeah. He he provides a lot on both ends of the court. He's obviously thrived in more of a three and D role in the past with the Nuggets and the Thunder. And he's proven himself to be able to take on a larger offensive role in uh, Detroit now. He's a great fit for them. Yeah, that's really interesting. I think the package would probably be, sir, they're estimating to be Kobe White or Patrick Williams. If I'm the Pistons, considering who you have on that roster, I would definitely lean towards Kobe White. Insane. I would lean towards Patrick Williams, I think. I think he has more upside. Yeah? 
Yeah, personally. I, th- I also think they, they have enough guards on the Pistons right now, especially with Cade coming in. Yeah, with Cade, yeah. And hopefully Killian Hayes will will turn it around. But I hope disappointing he start to his career so far. I know you were high on him when we were talking about a pre I was very high on him, yeah. He hasn't panned out so far. Yeah, I, I do hope Jeremy Gregg gets moved. I think he'll find a home. I don't really know where that'll be, though. I feel like there are a lot of, like, kind of mystery teams that could come out of the woodwork and look for a guy that's going to contribute as much as Jeremy Grant does on both ends. Yeah, I'm just I'm just trying to think what other teams could possibly be in the running for a guy like that. Apparently the, the Knicks and Wizards. The Knicks would make sense considering circumstances this season have been fairly underwhelming around New York. That would make sense. Yeah, I think Portland has to be mentioned for any possible trade. Or Portland's got to do something because a lot of people are saying it's kind of blowing smoke that Dame really wants to stay and he may just end up leaving. But if Dame is really adamant on staying, I almost look at Dame as the NBA version of Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has had no help. I know I know this is a basketball podcast, but now I'm talking football for 30 seconds. Aaron Rodgers has been given very minimal help over his career from his front office in terms of providing support, whether that's on the O-line, backfield, drafting of actual receivers, aside from two that have been drafted in, I think, the last seven or eight years. In saying that, aside from C.J. McCollum, Dame's really had no help. Norman Powell has been playing exceptional the last two seasons. I will give him his flowers for that. Covington's been a good lift. Nurk went healthy, is amazing. But something needs to be done. There is only so long that you can do the same thing over and over again, expect the same result and not be called insane. And I feel like Portland's kind of coming out of that point where they've done it so many times they're realizing it's not going to work. If Dame is adamant on staying, I would actively rather shop CJ than Nurk, if I'm being honest. I understand the injury concerns with Nurk, but I don't think you'll find many better centers who do the job that Nurk does. And I think the package for CJ would be pretty good. I think they'd be able to get a lot of young pieces back or even draft capital, even if you were to do CJ for a younger player and two first. I think something like that Portland would definitely take, give them a kind of an extra edge in terms of their rebuild process. I wouldn't be opposed to shopping a guy like Covington either, a good role player who a lot of teams could use. I think that his value is... I think a little bit higher than people would would estimate it would be. What I don't know. There's just so many things that need to be done in Portland, but really, I feel like there's only going to be like one or two moves made, if that. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's possible they just consider this season kind of a lost cause, and you know, Dame's kind of hurt right now. Maybe they just are extra cautious with his recovery, and they just kind of tank, get a high draft pick, maybe use that to acquire someone in the off season, and then work towards being competitive next year instead. That's a possibility too. So we'll see what they end up doing. I think Portland is probably the main team that a lot of people have their eyes on right now, along with Philly because of the whole Ben Simmons thing. I think we've pretty much covered everything. Yeah, I think we have too. The only thing I'll, I'll, I'll do two spitfires right now. Uh, Christian Wood, in or out in Houston? I would say in for the rest of the season, probably. Yeah. Okay. And then last one. Do you think the Laker, Lakers will make a deal to try to go win now? Of course. Yeah. I think it's uh, yeah, it's LeBron. Kind of he's gonna he's gonna force them to do something. Yeah. Okay. Actually, you know what? This one this one's kind of interesting. I was reading this one this morning. I'll post this one to you as well. Really quick. The Kings are twelfth in the West right now. A lot of teams are, or a lot of people in the in the media are talking about the Kings possibly buying heavy at the trade deadline to get over the playoff hump. If you're the Kings, a lot of names have been thrown around. Harrison Barnes, even Buddy Heald, who's actually surprisingly getting older. I didn't realize how old Buddy Heald was. Do you think it's a reasonable expectation that the Kings should be shopping, considering they're only four games out of a playoff spot and have a lot of work left to be done to really make this a playoff team? Or do you think maybe this is more of an offseason job? I don't really know what to do with the Kings. I think the issue with the Kings is their defense is terrible. It's been terrible for years. I don't know. Like you could get Miles Turner, I guess that's going to help, but I don't think that makes them a playoff team. So I don't really like what, what is the move that gets the Kings over the hump? 
aside from going after Damian Lillard. Like that would that would help. It would definitely help. I think a big man's a good start. I think as you had said, I think a legitimate rim kit uh, rim protector, a guy who can stand in against the NBA's best in the interior and actually give you something to to compete with, I guess, if that makes sense, a guy who can hold his own. I think another thing with that is kind of attempting to move on from your influx of guards. I think Brad, I think Buddy Heald will be the first pin to drop considering he still has very high value right now. As much as I do like Harrison Barnes, I think getting his age and his age and contract off of your roster, I think makes a lot of sense at the deadline, especially for a team looking to maybe add one or two extra pieces to make that push. Besides that, I think the rest is probably an offseason ordeal. I think it's I think it's contract negotiations. I think it's letting certain tough guys go. I think I think loading up on draft capital could only help, but also being more than willing to shop your draft capital to actually bring somebody in. I know a lot of times when teams are kind of adamant on rebuilding or even stockpiling assets, I know they're oftentimes kind of less likely to move on from them and package them in deals to get someone possibly better now. But I think a team like the Kings could only benefit from possibly packaging Buddy Heald with uh, first and second round, maybe a first round and a second round pick or something like that and going after someone big. But until that happens, you don't really know because a lot of these trades, as I said, come out of the woodwork. So that's why, that's why we talk trades and we talk speculation because that's all these basically are until they happen. Yeah, I think we've really covered everything that we want to talk about. And we'll probably do another one after the trade deadline has actually happened. And we'll see a lot of trades that we had no anticipation of whatsoever. So we blindsided as usual. It's kind of inevitable, to be honest. I can't wait to wake up and see a Woj bomb of Ben Simmons being dealt to the Lakers or something absurd like that. That that would actually probably, that would send me out of my seat if Ben Simmons went to the Lakers. Anyway, I don't want to speculate too much. But yeah, guys, we're very happy that you guys have joined us on our third episode of uh, this season's Overline Sports Podcast. I'm your host as always, Nathan Kennedy, and I'm always happy to be joined by Nolan Russell. Nolan is actually the head of our basketball department and has a lot of articles coming up soon. Do you want to talk to them briefly about uh, what we have going on? Just tons of articles covering like all the awards contenders so we just recently had the rookie of the year one drop today our sixth man of the year one was released yesterday and then we're gonna have most improved player tomorrow defensive player of the year day after that and then mvp the day after that so all the award coverage like early award ladders whatever you want to call it like top contenders for each award if you if you're interested in that kind of stuff like we got all that coverage coming up this week lots of basketball content so make sure to check out the website and and read up on those articles. Yeah, and that's pretty much it. We're going to be hopefully recording these a little bit more. I mean, I know with the NBA season kind of winding into the All-Star break in the next, what, three weeks? I know it's been a bit been a bit slow in the media, and aside from watching trends, there's not much we can do. But we'll try to get as much content out to you guys as possible. We appreciate you guys, as always, for the support and all the listens and all the subscriptions and following that you do on all the platforms for us. So we really appreciate that. And with that, I guess this will wrap up our third episode and uh, look forward to see what we have uh, coming up soon. All right, well, take it easy, guys, and do not miss your layups.